Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shriekcast. It's a me, ZC, uh, and this is episode 64 of the Shrieking Shack, a Harry yeah. Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. How are you doing, Liz? I'm doing pretty good. Um, big N64 fan over here and a big fan of, of Shriekcast 64 as well. Yeah, Shriekcast 64. Ooh, what kind of N64 game w- would we be if we if we were the mascots in a in some sort of N64 game? Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about Quest 64 like I always am. <laughs> Quest 64. God, I we've we've got to get back into our gaming content. And I know we have a lot of Harry Potter games to get to, but I would love to get into Quest 64 like we yeah that with that plucky hero brian <laughs> the plucky hero brian the beautiful music that plays in melrode there's so much to to see and do in quest 64 that that i feel it's a little underrepresented and uh and we need to knock off the certain someone who is the uh current top result <laughs> if you search for Quest yeah, 64 yeah, on YouTube. you know, I, feel, you know, I, I was feel... I was searching because I I went to look up um, a soundtrack um, song and I forgot to put in Quest 64 soundtrack and unfortunately my top result with about <laughs> two million views was a certain professional that we all know we all know and and now despise a certain a certain professional right yeah I, I, yeah I feel like I feel like there it, it's it's a new it's it's just like that hit series Game of Thrones you might have heard of the mm. king is dead. And and uh, and now, <laughs> now we're all racing for that spot to be the kings of the uh, the, the Quest sixty four content. I think that might be what Quest sixty four is about. It's actually it's Quest sixty four based on a Song of Ice and Fire. Uh yes, yes. I think I, yeah, I think that's canon. I have such a soft spot in my heart for um kind of early RPGs that um are either like really poorly translated or or insofar that they just like forgot to have a story completely. And I think <laughs> Quest sixty four is one of those. Quest sixty four is such a weird game, like. I I love the soundtrack to that game so much because it sounds wrong. It sounds fake. It's uh-huh. like a it's it sounds like a creepy pasta almost. It's like mm-hmm. it's very fucking weird. I think I think like we mentioned we must have mentioned Quest sixty four or at least its soundtrack at some point earlier because one of the the top comments with the most likes on our on our Patreon uh, page uh, is some someone saying like. Oh, you you guys like Quest sixty four? Like like good Quest sixty four reference? Like I completely forgot what it was, but but uh, we I feel seen. Uh, Quest sixty four is a is a classic of mediocre game uh, games history. It, it kind of it transcends its its kind of mediocre uh, reality that it yeah. exists in. I would say it's definitely a weird one that I I feel like this is probably like a common. A common experience for people our age that it's like you go you go to the the video game rental store and you're just like oh what what video game am I going to rent for the weekend you know yeah. it's like this 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 video game is going to define my weekend and and yeah. and for a lot of people that was probably Quest sixty four sometimes uh, <laughs> and what and what a bizarre uh, weirdly forgettable game that I feel like a lot of people have just kind of random fond memories for yeah because it's certainly not good but it was also like the the only there there are like maybe two or three jrpgs for the for the n64 right and that was one of them yeah uh, yeah 
So if if you were not someone who had a PlayStation and you wanted to play an RPG, that was it was it, Quest sixty four was like the option uh, until Paper Mario came out, basically, which was really late in the in the cycle. Yeah, would you say that uh, the Cursed Child soundtrack sounds like an N sixty four soundtrack? No, I would not because okay. So I'm I'm so glad you brought the, this up. Some of though. the melodies, though, absolutely have a, oh, have a little bit yes. of a vibe. Okay, so so I'm so glad you brought this up because I have been thinking about this nonstop since we uh, uh, were discussing this this week. So to get into news. They are expanding Cursed Child once more. Uh, Cursed Child is going to Toronto. I think that brings it's, it up to six it's cities. creeping closer to us. I know, I know, right? It's, right? Like, it's slowly creeping over I think uh, there's to our in, neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. If it get, yeah, we're, we're starting to get to the point where, like, if they get one on, like, I don't know, in, like, Seattle or something, it's like, maybe we, uh, maybe we need to road trip and, and see this damn play. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we'd have to. Um, do all of the locations get a nest? Do you, do you yes, know? Yes, I believe they do. Like, like, the New York one got a nest. Uh, I think the <laughs> Melbourne one that just opened up in Australia, I think that one got a nest, too. Which is super funny. I would love to see portland or seattle with like a fucking harry potter nest just stuck on top of a building it's so stupid is is voldemort part bird i don't know why his child was born in a nest i feel like uh, (laughs) this is something i'm sure we will we will discover uh once we get around to reading the screenplay i assume i assume we will to birth her child in is is bellatrix one of those like natural birth people who like goes on youtube and is like I don't think natural birth people build a nest. Like a <laughs> She's, build a they go in like nest. pools, right? Yeah, they go sure, like the water yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, maybe she's like an extreme natural birth person. It's like, like I'm going to build me a damn nest. Maybe like she's a, a vila. Is that the lord? Vilas build nests. Hmm, that's a good question. Because they well, turn into questions... bird monsters. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to find out. Yeah, all those questions and more will be answered when we do get around to seeing Cursed Child. But the reason we were talking about it is because uh, we finally listened to like what the soundtrack is like. Because I I had this epiphany. Because mm-hmm. uh, you were talking about, you know, you, you, you said you've been like doing some Broadway research, right? Some, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh and and I had this realization, like, wait a minute, Cursed Child isn't a musical. Right. Like, there are no songs in it. There's no famous Harry Potter songs from this musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that it's, like, a play that's, like, set to music and has a soundtrack, like a, like a score. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it was Imogen Heap. Right. Who, who did the soundtrack to it. And... I listen like we were listening to it and it, and like it slowly dawned on us that it's a it's an indie game soundtrack and not a very good one like no. it's, it's still it's still you know it's it's very like professionally done music and I'm sure a lot of work and time was put into it it's inoffensive um, but it is just not anything like there's that first track that that we were kicking back and forth where like i was like oh this sounds like a car commercial and then you had the much more (laughs) on the nose observations like no this is a business solutions commercial 
the platform nine and three quarters track, I think that is. But then the one that really kicked my ass was there's uh, there's one that just sounds like a knockoff Undertale song, like like just all of a sudden the chiptune melody starts. I was like, what is going on here? Just like JK, I, we knew JK Rowling likes Imogen Heap. Like I, I, I think that they like reached out to each other to collaborate on this thing, but, but I'm getting every day I get another piece of information that makes me realize that JK Rowling is just a gamer. Mm. Like, like <laughs> this, there's a track that we found that just sounds exactly like a track from the transistor score, which to be clear, not knocking the transistor score. I love that game. Love that soundtrack. Um, but holy shit, like I, well, I, that is so not what I picture when I think of Harry Potter. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But the thing is, is like we listen to that song from the Transistor score, and I'm just having this cl- like moment of clarity where I'm like, this is that, but way better. Yeah, I mean the Transistor score, like this is this is like has so much more going for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know about this one. It's, it's very. It's very strange, and you're right. It's like inoffensive, um, which is like kind of weird for Harry Potter music. Yeah, not Harry, that Harry. Like, it's just like I feel like there needs to be some kind of like strong melodic something to pull out of it, and there's it's just like nothing. Yeah, it's 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 super strange. Like I, I it was not what I was expecting at all. And it, like the more I listen, the more I realize this, this just sounds like a indie game that I played on like xbox live arcade while i was in college or something it has that that just that very very specific vibe and like the chiptune style like melodies appearing is is where i just kind of lost my mind i was like wait a minute what the fuck is this yeah um how about this a um a soundtrack swap um and we swap in the image and heap uh cursed child soundtrack into quest 64 and then quest 64 <laughs> soundtrack onto the cursed child i fuck i just thinking about watching a play like you know where wearing like i've rented a tux i'm we're going mm. all out at the, sure at the, at the theater i've got a i've got a fancy cup well it won't be a glass because they don't let you take glasses into theaters i've got a, a dixie cup with expensive wine in it sure and i've got my little opera spy glass and i'm like mm, i can't wait to see what's 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 in the theater tonight <laughs> and the lights go down and then the fucking mel road song starts playing with that gorgeous digital choir and those those lovely n64 string samples it is gorgeous and i'm hoping i'm hoping that you have dubbed it in um at this point that we'll have have the beautiful tune of melrode playing in the background (laughs) okay no i've got a i've got a different pitch for you here Mm -hmm. what if we pitch to the cw it is a uh it is a a reboot of melrose place but set in the quest 64 universe and it's called melrose place i love that i we are always pitching the cw um but i would love to see um the cw version of the uh the main character brian well i'm just imagining okay what if it's the the all the normal cast of melrose place but they are little polygonal guys like like 
that, that, that fit in an N64 game. I'm, I'm more picturing just like the, the normal stock, like Instagram model style, like CW actor, but they have, they've given him like a comical cowlick. Cause Brian has just like the, the like one the anime cow. Yeah. It's just like perfect. So, so that's kind of what Absolutely. I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I just, I just can't believe that that's like what, it, it, it's funny to me because like like the movies the harry potter movies they had john williams and like say what you will about those movies but like those scores are pretty iconic right like like the harry potter music the hedwig's theme that like everyone knows it it's 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 a famous and beloved piece of music yeah and i respect the choice to not use that right sure. like like do something different um but it's so funny to me that like jk rowling is now at a position where you know she can play she can basically get anyone and anything she wants for one of her projects uh, <laughs> and she her, she got her dream her dream comes true you know she she makes something and she's like i'm gonna get my favorite band to to do the music for my my play and she reaches out to this artist and it's Imogen heap and she's like all right we, we've linked up what are we making and like jk rowling's ideal score like like what what does harry potter sound like in her head the author's head and she's able to talk to an artist she respects and loves and has wanted to talk to for years probably and she's like make me a hyundai commercial like <laughs> like that is yeah, so it, funny to me is there in the meeting wearing those tech gloves that she makes music out of and she's like oh yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. i'll make you the best the most magical hyundai commercial that there ever was with my ma- <laughs> with my with my magical technology music gloves yeah the music gloves the, god image and heap too like image and heap and, and, and jk rowling are such perfect uh, uh matches for each other because imogen has kind of gone through the same weird like uh rebranding as a successful rich artist where 90% of what she does now is talk about apps and uh, <laughs> and and like the industry and and like she has these gloves she said oh I've got these magical instrument gloves where I can control the music with my hands rather than lugging all these instruments around and I'm like yeah those are still those still work the same way those electronic instruments do it's just a different shape right like like you've just put the the trigger somewhere else in a glove right. rather than on like on a keyboard yeah. it's, <laughs> um it's powerful powerful rich person brain stuff there speaking of rich person brain uh-huh. uh it doesn't look like the money's gonna run out anytime soon because Guess what Bloomsbury's best sellers were for last year. No way. Mm-hmm. Well, number one was a court of Court of Frost and Starlight by Sarah J. Moss, um, which I keep on seeing discourse about, but I've I've not read myself. I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two and number three are Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone. No way. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess this is like an evergreen kids book at this point, right? Like, I guess yeah. when, when we were growing up, uh, like pre Harry Potter, I suppose there's like that the, the canon of of kids books that 
like parents just give their kids to read and it's like for me like i had like lion the witch in the wardrobe yeah um mm-hmm. can't think of any others for some reason off the top of my head but but now harry potter must be that right yes. I, I mean yeah. like i would i would give my kid harry potter like hey read this you'll probably like it um <laughs> So I would, I guess that I, if I, I would, I would say, where did you come from? I don't want kids. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. But after that, I'd be like, Here, here's Harry Potter. Yeah. This, yeah. This hypothetical scenario. You're like, yeah, one, I have kids Two, I would give them Harry Potter. I don't know if I would, honestly, like after doing this podcast, if I had a kid, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> no, you said read Harry Potter. So then you can listen, listen to my podcast. When you're old enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Can you subscribe to that Patreon, by the way? Like, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, um, wow, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so that's probably like, um, you know, people have to buy the books. Although I have my own story related to this, in that, like, I have three copies of like most of the Harry Potter books at this point, um, and I will say that last week. This is obviously not a problem for Philosopher's Stone or Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. My copy of Order of the Phoenix split like exactly in half. Oh wow! I, just just I, down the middle. Yep, just just done. Like one hmm. reading. I, I wouldn't even say like I was very hard on it. Right? No, like, no. I, I pro- probably not the easiest on it that I could be of a book, but like totally in the realm of like normal wear and tear, and it just split sure. split right in half. Yeah. Well, I mean these these books aren't modern modern printing is not built to last it's just cheap glue and, and a bunch of crappy paper so that doesn't super surprise me yeah um the thing that i find most interesting about this though is like this this does tell me that like you know we, we've been talking a lot about these announcements that are coming for harry potter like the you know the pottermore changes um the game coming out and stuff and like how a lot of this feels like uh, uh them hoping that the movie was a bigger smash than it had been with all this like extra like like kind of extraneous new like expanded universe harry potter content stuff that's more based on like the adult uh like fandom of it i suppose or like trying to court the more adult fandom sure which like to me this says shows that there's like still a genuine interest in like the original story stuff right yeah. And that, that, like, this, like, attempt to make Harry Potter, like, more adult or, or, like, you know, morally gray or whatever you want to call it is just, like, so misguided and, 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 and silly when it's like, no, these books are, you know, they have their problems as we have enumerated on this podcast, but, like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're good kids books and, and it's, it's it's funny to to see what they're doing with you know i hate to say like be you know put on my marketing can be like i think they're mismanaging the brand but like it sure feels like it should probably still be embracing the you know the younger audience rather than the older audience yeah i mean i i agree with that like it's like it's like fantastic beasts like it feels like it kind of lost its heart in a way yeah uh in this and and it doesn't really go for it right like if you're if you're trying to court adult fans that are like for for nostalgia it's a weird thing to like make it a little bit more adult but like fantastic beasts is still just like a family blockbuster that just kind of 
commits to nothing. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm thinking about, like, this is maybe a weird comparison to draw, but, like, like Detective Pikachu just came out and was definitely mostly aimed at people our age, right? But it was something. I mean, it was it was definitely a kids movie, right? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Though is it's is it's like it, it is it is kind of like aiming squarely in this like middle area where it's like appealing for kids. Like it's definitely a kids movie, but like the the stuff that's there for the parents or you know or the <laughs> older fans, not necessarily parents, but like is 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 like nostalgia tinged. But it's not you know it's not like there's no baby murder in it you know like there's no it's there's... yeah it's not it's not pokemon game of thrones right exactly yeah it's it's uh you know there's a couple of there's a couple of like adult jokes in it that might fly over kids heads and and there's like a lot of nostalgia driven stuff but like it is a movie primarily concerned with like you know younger pleasing younger fans whereas like fantastic beasts was just like all in on like, like you're an adult a lot, now they have a lot of baby murder yeah you like stories about baby murder and <laughs> ugh, dark it's gory and violent it's like yeah it, it definitely get... feels like it's kind of um like they kind of missed the boat like i think that there was like a time when that would play really well like that was <laughs> uh-huh. what everyone wanted and we were kind of a little bit past that <laughs> that would have been like like yeah i guess i guess there was probably a time when like that that should have been happening while the fans were still teens, honestly. Like, yeah. Although to be fair, I feel like most of the stuff that we've seen about Fantastic Beasts that is very positive, and the thing that I see fans kind of like a, a continuous refrain that they make is like, "Yeah, it's really good to see like adult magic," and <laughs> right, which is something that I just like fundamentally disagree with about those movies because to me the magic is no different than in harry potter it's just that everyone already knows how to do the magic and the effects are bigger yeah <sighs> yeah it's it's all very strange but it, it, it is very interesting to see that the the old books are still selling extremely well um and and so you know i might have to eat my words a little bit on like oh maybe the maybe the fandom is waning a bit but it's i i feel like maybe it's less that it's waning and more that like the the hunger that exists for harry potter stuff is not what the things like fantastic beasts etc are like catering to very well mm-hmm. yeah that is very interesting it it really like that's that's a lot of sales for those books that's a lot that is that is a lot of it's a lot of uh, a lot of people reading Harry Potter. Before we get to our reading, there's just one last little news item here, which is we talked a little bit about the Wizarding World changes last week, and by a little bit, I mean our news segment was almost an hour long. <laughs> um, but those little cards that you make by importing <laughs> your passport, or the, that are your passport, apparently that is the passport to the Wizarding World. Wait, those uh, Pottermore, are the passports? Apparently those are the passports. I'm so confused. <laughs> those are the passports. So you get you go to the airport and you and they say, show us your passport, and you say, I am Ravenclaw, Streaking Shack, Newt's Commander, Aloamora. And they say, Okay, checks out. Um <laughs> But yeah, they ran all this little article about it that ends with this very funny, like, kind of ominous promise. Uh 
if you haven't already, sign up for your Wizarding World passport today. Share your Wizarding World favorites once you're done using the hashtag, hashtag MyWizardingWorld. And yes, we know it's tough picking your favorite anything, but as Dumbledore says, it's our choices, Harry, that show us what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Now, lest we become Hagrid spilling secrets down at the pub, we'll stop here for now. Be sure to keep checking in as we tell you more about what your wizarding passport can do. What this could is it just do? the beginning of the journey. What what is it gonna be? What can it do? It's just what a does... it's just a list of stuff. <laughs> is this okay? I have a dark I have a dark pitch for you here. Great. Uh what's your phone service? Are you on like T Mobile or anything? Uh, yeah, like I'm that? On, uh, yeah, I'm on T Mobile. Okay, so do you remember T-Mobile Tuesdays? God, yes. Do you think that the Wizarding World is going to start <laughs> offering like show your Wizarding World passport and get a get a magical discount on a pizza from Papa Murphy's or something like that? That would be really weird. I don't know what, like what, <laughs> how would that happen? Tickets to WB movies. Yeah, it's like movie Go pass. see that new Godzilla movie. And go see that new Godzilla movie in theaters. That would be know. wonderful. And then I could be like, yep, this is my passport. I am a house elf. <laughs> I, I am Ravenclaw house elf. I don't know. Like, it's just the, it's the, the, the part where it says what it can do and that thing from the article about the gold service it's like we're going to spoil you rotten or Are whatever. The, if you if you upgrade to wizarding world gold which we certainly mm-hmm. will um is it oh, yeah. do you think you're going to get like a special like badge on your passport like like check it out here's my here's my i am ravenclaw severus snape house elf um and here's and it has like a gold seal because i'm like a golden member yeah maybe the text is gold or maybe you get to pick one more favorite oh that that would be so unfair (laughs) just you could you could share even more of your favorite i just like it's a stupid idea but like what else what else what do they think this thing is going to do? How is this going to excite people? Like, like, I, I just, I, it feels like it's got to be something dumb. Like, like, like we know that there's going to be like entering into contests and stuff. I'm going to laugh if it's like, hoot hoot! It's it's the owl mail. You've turned on notifications and and we've sent you a howler that says that you can get ten percent off at Chipotle or something. You know, like it's it. So yeah dark, yeah I, can't. I i feel like they really kind of muddied the waters a little bit because there was a thread on twitter from the official either wizarding world account or pottermore where they made a bunch of passports for like individual characters and then it was like a game that they held where it was like you know here's you know i am slytherin and potions and sectum sempra and right you know what and whatever it's like who am i so so i feel like they kind of like made me maybe more confused about what their concept is uh-huh. through this game but i have seen a couple people just because i follow those those tags and those accounts on twitter i have seen some some harry potter fans posting their posting their passports hmm interesting I just the thing that's so funny about this is all these like weird empty promises about like oh it's you're gonna get so much cool exclusive stuff here and I'm like 
Pottermore launched with all that stuff and then slowly stripped all of those things away. Like Pottermore used to be about you playing games and like using the social media stuff to unlock lore stuff like that only super fans would care about. Right. And it was like a weird game for people. Then they took that away and they just turned it into BuzzFeed. And now they're taking that away and they're saying like, oh, you're going to get so much cool stuff. And it's like, I feel like the cool stuff people wanted probably was the like the lore. So I don't know. I just don't know what it could be other than like advertising tie ins. Yeah, I, I really can't imagine. And so much of it is like, I, I, like, I guess you could win a trip. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Is it's like, oh, right, uh, here's yeah, tickets yeah. and a trip to to the Wizarding World. Or like, here are tickets yeah. to to the Broadway play. Good luck getting there. Um, <laughs> right. So so I'm I, I don't know what it could be. I, I'm trying to think back to what the stuff was in the original Pottermore. I think I had an owl. I think I had a tawny owl, so maybe that'll be like a digital experience that I'll get with my new passport. It's like I have a, I've got an owl, digitally. <laughs> it's so it's so mysterious. It's so uh, confusing. I just don't know what the they hell. just don't have anything that I want. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's like, really what it comes down the thing, to. The thing that I do want is the thing that existed like seven years ago that they got rid of. Yeah, I want to play Harry like, Potter Neopets, please. Yeah, yeah. Like unironically, that sounds fucking great, right? Like, like I, I, I'd get into that, but instead, we're gonna, we're just gonna get Wizarding World Gold, and we're gonna pay to watch the movies that everyone owns and have the eBooks that everyone already has, and it's it's gonna be a big old mess, and then they're gonna shut the whole thing down entirely by this time next year. That's my prediction. They should make their movies good. <laughs> right? No kidding. Like, like this would maybe be good if there was a reason to be like on the hook for the next Fantastic Beasts movie. Like other outside of morbid curiosity, which is why I'm on the hook for the next Fantastic Beasts movie. It's so weird. I don't even have like a touchstone of what this is like trying to be. Like there's not like a Marvel passport <laughs> right, digital yeah. experience uh subscription service this is like it's like a battle pass I mean, it's so confusing mean, like i have fantastic beasts on one app on my phone that's right you have the fantastic beasts one app <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't know why this is a harry potter thing and not like a wb thing like okay if you want to do a subscription streaming service yeah the wb passport yeah <laughs> uh, it's truly baffling i'm i'm really looking forward to when they have anything to tell us at all yeah pottermore's still yeah, the, up pottermore's still up um the fact that the news of the gold service leaked probably took the wind out of their sails a little bit um i'm yeah i'm just so curious to see what the fuck they can actually uh uh deliver with this thing but until then we've got some books to read let's get into our chapter for the week what yeah the yeah um it's uh i was gonna try to make some kind of joke like <laughs> like some sort of sports uh like monday night football but it's thursday afternoon 
Quidditch, but I couldn't really come up with well, any kind of like I, fun no, sports mm, thing. Mm, these episodes come out on Monday for non-subscribers. Oh, so like at what time Monday, in the morning? It's Monday mo- morning Quidditch, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. That was that was saved. Um, this is chapter nineteen. It's called the Lion and the Serpent. Um, we jump right back in with Harry over the course of uh, kind of summarizes about about a week's time, um, where he's doing a lot of Quidditch practice and things. Things, but he is his spirits are risen a bit um he is heartened uh from the dumbledore's army meeting and how that's all been going uh he is you know acting very um like cowed by umbrage in class but he is he is remaining strong because he knows that that when they leave the the horrible class where they're all pretending to kind of go along with it they are they're secretly fighting in the shadows um we find out that hermione has devised a way of transmitting um like meeting time notices um using like a fake i think it's fake maybe it's a real galleon um and with a we get the name the protean charm uh harry and hermione have a brief conversation where harry says that reminds him of the way that voldemort summons his death eaters with the the scar and she says well yeah that's where i got the idea um they're practicing a lot for quidditch ron is pretty bad um but he has some kind of like good good plays and things and harry kind of observes that it's not that ron is bad it's that he has like a lack of confidence and when he gets nervous he can't do it it's like he misses uh he gets like scored against and he gets all flustered and and upset and can't do it anymore uh snape and mcgonagall are also kind of getting into the the sports rivalry action um mcgonagall uh, doesn't give the the gryffindors uh, homework for for the weekend as a way to like kind of let them uh practice quidditch and the slytherin team has kind of started bullying um the quidditch team in the hallways to which snape is kind of turning a blind eye because he wants slytherin to to win the, the big game um the slytherins are basically taunting Ron all the time and and making fun of him and saying that he's bad at the game and Ron is is just really not taking that very well. It's Quidditch time. Um, Ron in in the locker room before the game kind of admits to Harry. Harry kind of tries to give him a pep talk. It's like, hey, remember that time that you uh, rolled off your broom and hit the quaffle all the way over to the enemy hoops and scored? And Ron like admits to him in a hushed tone, like that was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. Um, Luna has her funny lion hat also. Um, the Slytherins students that are observing the match are all wearing badges and Harry kind of tries to stop Ron from seeing it because they are badges that are in the shape of like little crowns and they say Weasley is our king. Um, we get some of that good, good Quidditch commentary again uh, from Lee Jordan. And while the game is happening, um, the Slytherins all break out into a, a song that they've written. Uh, the gist of it being that Ron is poor and bad at Quidditch and he smells and his parents are poor and smelly. Um, that we get a little bit of like play by play Quidditch action. Um, Ron does get scored against the Slytherins are like up in points over them uh just like from the regular points so harry is like oh oh shit i really have to catch the snitch so that we can win the game because i have to do it fast because we are we are losing in every other way on the field um luckily harry is a 
a Quidditch legend catches the snitch um, and they win the game. Um, but after the game is over, Draco it, it, like comes up to Harry, Fred and George and starts to talk about the song that the Slytherins were singing. And is like, you know, uh, wow, you Weasley sure are poor. Uh, and Harry, that you must just like fit right in because your mom was bad um and and ron has kind of like walked off he's like mo he's he's left he's so ashamed uh but harry and either fred or george i can't remember which get into a brawl with malfoy um and madame hooch sends them to mcgonagall and draco to, to snape presumably um mcgonagall's really mad and uh, tries to give them a week's worth of detention um but umbridge arrives and it turns out that umbridge had petitioned to the minister of magic saying that I need the power to override any other teacher uh, and take away student privileges uh, because apparently Dumbledore had overridden Umbridge to get the Gryffindor Quidditch team uh, formed and she didn't like that. So Umbridge bans Harry, Fred and George from Quidditch. It is a quote unquote lifetime ban. Um, back in the common room uh ron is kind of is like arriving back and harry kind of has to catch him up and, and tell him what happened and they just are are feeling pretty bad um ron is like it's all my fault harry's like no it isn't you didn't make me fight them uh and and it's just like kind of bad spirits but just at that moment hermione says cheer up everyone hagrid's back and that's the end of the chapter Woo! Woo, it's Hagrid! We have a very important thing to talk about at the very beginning of this chapter. Sure. Let's talk about the line, Harry felt as if there was a talisman inside him. Hmm. (laughs) What the fuck? Come on. Hmm. I am so... Like, this shocked me when I read it, because... (laughs) Maybe one of my prevailing criticisms of Harry Potter, like six and seven, even as a teen reading it for the first time, was that the um, the Horcrux stuff and and Deathly Hallows stuff was made up out of nowhere to to like you know barrel the story towards the end and had no foreshadowing or like anything that mattered in the original five right which i think is still true except this tells me that she was thinking about it she just wasn't really putting it down on the page in very interesting ways like this is so on the nose this is such a like ah this will be a line people will will point to later on when i reveal the truth thing i i was just laughing my ass off at this line yeah it seems pretty obvious at this point that she had some some stuff in mind right like a which is it's like pretty normal i i feel and honestly it kind of reminds me a little bit of tv writing where it's like yeah yeah he'll be fucked up somehow there's something there's something going on with that guy um mm-hmm. but it's not you know we kind of we kind of have to wrap up and say exactly what that is once we're approaching the end of the story but yeah that is a very funny line it's a very funny one i'm just thinking like like of other like famous reveals or whatever and just like like uh 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 kane kane thought that uh uh childhood memories were like a fun sled or like you know, just mm. like really weird, weird specific lines you can get there. Like ah, Darth Vader had the 
had the imposing demanding nature of a father figure or something right like there's just so <laughs> many like weird on the nose ways that you can you can like telegraph a twist like retroactively i was just i i was just so immediately knocked on my ass by that line when i started this chapter it's a harry a talisman inside you huh what what's that what's that mean (laughs) does how does harry know what talismans are i don't know are talismans a thing in harry potter like as a magical thing i I don't think we have heard the term talisman in harry potter (laughs) hmm Which means that he's either the either that Harry Potter is a is a uh, uh, a fantasy fan that we that, that uh, you know he reads some books uh, or, or maybe he's just into into theology and we've never seen him talking anything about it. Um, I this this might come off as like a criticism, but I'm definitely not one of those those I I do not subscribe to the idea that like if you don't read that means anything about you but i will say that harry potter definitely does not read (laughs) yeah right harry potter how would harry potter know what a talisman is unless he's a a a a reader or a gamer which he appears to be neither of in these books so that's just a very weird i feel like that's like this is an extreme nitpick but i'm just like like how does he know how to describe things in that way that's a very odd specific thing almost as if it's meant to be a clue and not really coming from the character interesting Um, interesting yeah uh this this sequence is cute though i i do like this idea that he's just so stoked about his little his little defense club that that it's uh it's making his classes fly by and 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 He's feeling badass and stuff. And I like. I I think the rest of this little descriptions is, 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 is it's cute. Yeah, he's joined the resistance. He's joined the hashtag resistance, um, and he is also uh, pointing out to Hermione that uh, uh, both sides, uh, you know, are just as bad because this conversation about the coin is crazy. This is insane. I don't know why this is here. Um, no, it's. <laughs> It's very funny um, because, and it also kind of highlights this weird idea where it's like the wizarding world just isn't very functional. Like the fact that that Hermione had to invent a way to communicate an event, like she invented Facebook events. <laughs> she, she, like, can you imagine? Fucking okay, Harry Potter. You know he he's he's got his kids. He's he's out with Ginny. And they're like, okay, we want to go somewhere new for dinner tonight, but not somewhere fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Ginny's like, I've got the perfect place. I keep on driving past that Olive Garden. Right. And then they, they get to the Olive Garden and the waiter hands them that little like puck they give you that like <laughs> buzzes when your table's ready. And Harry just gets this thousand yard stare and is like, we're leaving right now. This is just like what the Death Eaters do. <laughs> this is just like what Voldemort. Are you fucking kidding me? You can't buzz me when when it's time for something. You can't. You can't. You you can't let me know when a meeting is happening, when an <laughs> event is occurring. That's what the Nazis do. I can't figure out if the reason that they have this conversation is trying to say that Voldemort specifically has has used the same charm on their bodies. Is that is that it? Like the protein charm is on there is in the tattoo. I don't think we got a, anything that specific in book four. Uh, That's got to be it, though. Voldemort Maybe, like, didn't like, invent, invent like meetup time. 
He invented symbols. I mean, he invented. I, I guess that Snape invented sword spells, so maybe Voldemort God, did true. invent meeting up for things. <laughs> Just imagining Harry not allowing his kid to get a smartphone because he saw what notifications do. It's like push notifications. Fuck that. That's what Voldemort did. It's just like his, what his Voldemort men. would do. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I, I also like I feel like like so many things in this book, strangely, it feels like the characters explaining the subtext. Like, I don't agree with making the comparison between, uh, uh, you know, the ominous connection or whatever between like, oh, the good side is using the same tactics as the bad side. Like, I don't agree with <laughs> it, but at least if you're going to write Facebook that. They're both using Facebook events. <laughs> the, the, yeah, they're both setting alarms. <laughs> uh, like, 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 if you're going to do something like that, at least leave it up to the reader to make the connection rather than have the characters, like, announce it to each other. What's the connection? Is it that this is the, these are the good guys? Yeah. <laughs> this is maybe the funniest we're back we're we are we're in full-on centrist season again i think i think this is intentionally like a like like an an ill an ill omen it's like harry you went too far making a resistance club you should have you should have just sat there and taken it should have should have written up written up a bill and taken it to the ministry of magic making voldemort illegal actually yeah exactly like 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 it's a it's it just feels like a like a weird way to like make a connection oh the bad guys and the good guys are doing the same thing it's just like what david bainoff says in that in the post post game of thrones wrap up says the good guys are acting like the bad guys wow wow get a load of this guy acting like a bad guy he's setting an alarm and going to a place you can't tell me where to meet someone that's what the fucking death eaters do it is it is truly a wild conversation that they have and then they just like move past it too which is amazing like like they they get the coins people are like wow these these are weird they have this conversation about like hmm are we going too far with these coins and then they just all do it and they're they're cool with it and they, they move past it but like people sure are shocked by the idea the like, coins how aren't do, evil do... that we know of well well if you ask me money is the root of all evil it's fake money though this is monopoly it's money, money yeah. this is monopoly money that has a facebook event on it <laughs> i feel so bad for ron being like oh i thought we were getting real money that's so I, that's so sad I, actually that's another thing that i can't believe about this chapter which is that how much it had to reestablish that ron is poor for no reason like i get it i'm five books in yeah do, do you think they put do you think she put that there just because uh, like she was worried that people wouldn't get the song yes that is what i think and i don't know <laughs> how they wouldn't i love that also like like uh, imagining that that was his first reaction to seeing a basket full of coins too is so funny to me like oh is that my uh, basket full of coins oh it was oh are we getting are we each getting one money are we each getting one coin cool <laughs> that that thing that always happens hermione brings in the coin basket and gives us all money <laughs> hermione's there to dole out our allowance yeah <laughs> we're getting our our resistance salaries he says it two times and and, and it's so 
explicit. Like he says, like, fat chance, I haven't got any real galleons to confuse it with. <laughs> it's just it's just a lot. Like I really Harry's I super just like, get Do it. you want some money, dude? Do you want some do you want like we can go to Hogsmeade, I'll buy you a I'll buy you a better beer. Do you want some money? Like if I if Ron, I Ron's really, if none of that had been established and we got to the song, would I be confused? I'd be like, but what if Ron isn't poor? This song would never work. <laughs> this song doesn't make any sense. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a wait a tick. <sighs> Ron's not poor. <laughs> I'm I'm defeating Slytherin with facts and logic. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I do I do like the like the little interspersed stuff about like the how the club's improving. Um, I like the little, there's like a, you know, some notes in there about like Neville's getting really good too. Like, I, I like seeing like some of like tertiary character growth and, uh, in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cute, but I'm just so hung up on this fucking coins thing. Like the, the, the coins are just cool. Let them be. I like the idea of like a secret coin that like gives you a secret message in the, in the serial number. That's like a really novel cool thing hermione did and then for for it to be like a weird like actually the bad guys do that too it's just so bizarre like just let it be let it be like a cool magic thing that they did like yeah the bad guys do it too they have bad guy meetings and then you have to have good guy meetings to fight the bad guys that's that's (laughs) just how it works (laughs) right yeah like we're just not gonna have meetings i don't know uh i'll be in the room of requirements sometimes and if you're there too great and i'll teach you something is it it because the coin heats up because it's like the the dark mark i think burns right yeah i i don't i truly don't know i i it's just yeah it's also very funny thinking about this in a in a uh you know, in a in a world where this book was coming out, this book came out in what two thousand three, which I think is around the time like people just started to have cell phones like normally, right? Like you know, cell phones existed before that, but like were kind of like a business guy thing. I feel like two thousand three is when a lot of people were starting to get like their shitty Nokia's and stuff, you know. Ugh. Um, and just the idea of like magic text messaging being like this big novel thing is a very funny idea to me. Like, this is the big magic spell I've invented. It's just a normal muggle thing, but magic. I feel like, and and maybe this would ruin the magic, but I think that if muggle technology, <clears throat> excuse me, could be used at Hogwarts, um, that would fit a lot more thematically with what the story is trying to say. Like, if you have this society that has has moved itself away from muggles and chooses not to use their technology instead of having a a society that is like oh we can't because of magic and then it's like all of a sudden we have this this group of students that that are are learning magic at a magic school um but are fighting these these bigoted wizards that think that muggles are bad i think it would have been really cool if hermione had showed up with a basket of shitty nokias that would have been so funny like oh my god imagine like I know, I know that we get the like the 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 blanket like Muggle technology doesn't work here rule. Um, I think we got that in three. We, we, I think we have that. Rule yeah, we've point. got it a couple times. Um, but I love the idea 
of Dumbledore's army just like having pagers or something, right? Like normal muggle pagers or like, you know, like you say, like the shitty Nokia's uh, just, I, 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 I agree. That's an interesting way to like frame the, it is really weird thinking about how like pure blood culture versus half blood and muggle born culture is like the same. There's no difference. Like there's no like, encroaching use of muggle technology or whatever right or yeah like muggle culture uh into wizard society we just it's all the same all of them have no idea what muggle stuff is and only rely on magic right like there's no integration whatsoever yeah i just think that it would be kind of a because like someone like hermione who's muggle born and it's like she what she is being like discriminated against by these like pure blood wizards and wizarding culture at large and has as a result chosen to to basically wipe that that heritage away from herself right she is she is fully you know like i i'm not going to engage with technology or anything like that I think that it would have been like a powerful choice to have her be like, no, we are going to use like, like my, my like culture that the wizards don't like to fight them. Right. And and it's like, and we're all, they would also be limited by um, them being kids, right? Like, like Hermione can't go out and probably buy a bunch of brand new cell phones, but she might be able to get some weird old pagers or something. And and then that yeah. way it wouldn't be like, uh, oh, Muggle technology is just like strictly better than any magical thing they could do, right? <laughs> and they would still have to hide it, also. Uh, yeah. So, I, so I think that would be, that would be like a really interesting thing, and I'm it's. Um, I guess fun to think about like obviously this has gone in just a completely different direction uh but but it sure makes the the coin thing weird to say the least it's just so weird to me that it's just so weird to me thinking about how this the stakes are getting higher and also more um more grounded in reality and yet the the like very political conflict here that's like supposed to mirror like xenophobia and racism is between like two cultures that are exactly the same like like there's not even like i don't even really know what the what the death eaters grievances are like however horrible and and, you know and wrong-headed they might be if they were like uh you know we don't think you know uh muggle technology is is uh is is worthy or or, you know or, or whatever like we don't think muggle cultures are are good or whatever like 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 there's there's no teeth to anything that they say we just know that they are snobby i guess like like just kind of in a broad sense we don't know like what their politics are we also know there's just about 10 of them (laughs) right yeah the the 10 great houses of guys who all sit around and grouse about like who gets to use magic it's yeah it's uh, ugh, ugh. this is i mean this is this is getting away from this chapter specifically into just like more broad harry potter world building stuff and it, it is weird that you know this very serious grim political story doesn't actually have any politics in it i i also just am really really coming back to the fact that is 
did Hermione just invent discrete meetings? Like, is that like, <laughs> right. I, I don't, I, I think that this would be a really cute thing to have lampshaded to be like, wow, you went to all that effort. We would just do X, right? Like whatever, right, whatever, right, like, like the normal wizard way to do it would be. But as far as I know, the order ends up like communicating with Patronuses, which is supposedly a super duper hard spell that some adults can't even do. And also makes a huge um big light blinking, blinking light. light animal that is tied to your magical <laughs> signature like I, I, I don't i don't know about none that of the, one none of the wizards none of the wizards are using signal to set up protests or anything they're just like ah we're, we, we we either use this coin we use the olive garden buzzer or we use uh the giant alarm that says who is saying what and where they are don't forget when uh, grindelwald needed to call his meeting and he draped an entire city in black silk oh my god i <laughs> forgot about that which which carries no information it's just like i'm having a meeting i hope you know where it is <laughs> yeah well no not only that he didn't he also leave like the that weird like, raven symbol to indicate like which crypt it was in or whatever I, yeah because it was a strange thing so it's like w one i uh i've like like is this just like what wizard like office email was in the 1920s before hermione invented the coins like like oh why can't you know you're trying to get outside and you get like a face full of black silk and you're like oh i was just trying to walk to get my mail but i guess someone's holding a meeting soon <laughs> so the entire city is covered in silk for a bit <sighs> what a beautiful world this is amazing yeah speaking of speaking of beautiful world building it's time for quidditch yeah we have a return to the book one lee jordan uh commentary not a fan no uh, i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say don't like it don't like that don't like that it's back uh uh don't like the weird comments about angelina again no resurfacing uh, which i'm fucking insane really the quidditch game was fine it was fine um i, I like i hate to to get it give us a double a double heaping helping of uh world building critique but i was laughing my ass off at like harry being like oh no we're down three goals i better really look for that snitch like it's worth 150 like like at what point does the snitch become imperative to the game right like he was able to just sit there and not do anything for 10 minutes before angelina yelled at yeah, him he forgot he forgot he was playing the game <laughs> this this is it is so funny that they have put ron in the keeper position i actually like i i really like ron's uh um like journey here with him uh him becoming a quidditch player and like you know having not having the confidence and and being stuck in this position that he's not very good at yet and like but it's very funny that the story is suddenly making the keeper and like the the like normal scoring out to be very important when sort of the joke about quidditch this entire series has been that like the snitch is really the only thing that matters. Um, well, you see, it's actually um, a metaphor for life. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Joe. I don't know what that means, for... but she's done it again. <laughs> she's, done it. she's done it again. Um, I, I Like, as, as, as much as I find that stuff silly, I like all the stuff around the game. Like, all the stuff with uh, uh, Snape and McGonagall, like, like 
like kind of doing petty office politics, trying to rig the games in, in their house's favor is super cute. <laughs> uh, I've, I like the, uh, you know, it's like, like it's, it's mean to Ron, but like, I like that we have a chant now. Like I like that we're, we, we have like an, a sense that like, you know, the Quidditch fans, they get into it and they have soccer chants and stuff like that, that stuff is filling out some flavor that I really like. Yeah. So do you think that Draco wrote the song and then like passed out note cards with the lyrics to everyone? <laughs> or do you think they like had, had like practice ahead of time? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Draco Malfoy, he, he did write the lyrics <laughs> and he wanted to have uh, a meeting where they all got together and practiced it, but he just couldn't think of a way oh, to get everyone together in one room at a certain time. So we had to do the note cards damn it to pass out wow that makes <laughs> sense if only there was some way that he could get everyone together in one place at one time to do something Ugh. yeah but you'd have to use that filthy muggle technology because the best wizard, oh, West wizards we just don't we just don't know how to do that my father would never touch a pager <laughs> well <laughs> except we do know that he's hypocritical because they do have a vcr but you know you know people can be a little hypocritical about Internet? their vices sometimes so you know in the sense that like i you know I, I like ron's character development here um or not it's not even really development it's just like i like that ron is kind of fish out of water in this in this big big game but the important stuff is this like brawl between malfoy and harry and fred and george and like what do you, what do you think about this whole turn of events here like the, the the brawl and the fallout and the umbridge stuff um number one get fucked malfoy he deserved it right yeah uh, i thought that was great um i i i think it's a little um i found malfoy's stuff to be a little over the top not in meanness like I, I think that that was like pretty normal but it just like carried on a little bit too long and was like extremely high effort like i guess that is his character right like this is the second time that he's made a mean badge which is <laughs> right kind of it's <laughs> true it's too bad he couldn't put a meeting time on it and and his like catchphrase like very like i don't i don't know i'm a little iffy about the weasley is our king stuff um it's a very esoteric joke we like like i'm imagining him explaining this to crab and goyle like <laughs> like okay weasley is our king and they're like no he's on he's on the other team like okay no but see because he's are he's our king because he's so bad that it's like he's playing for our team so we're going to sing this whole song about how he's he's our king this will never backfire on us if weasley does turn out to be good at quidditch right it's a good it's a good thing that'll never happen and it'll never backfire and they'll ne never be able to turn this ironic joke around on us uh therefore humiliating us yeah and he sure like jumps back right into it like after they lose like it, i feel like it makes them look really silly uh but like aside from all of that I, i'm glad they got into a brawl um i think the umbrage stuff is pretty good i i'm loving this new non-torture umbrage where she just like is yes. making school yeah. rules yeah it's it, the, the, especially this new rule that she's made is so ridiculous it's very funny like like i love the educational decree stuff i love that this is like a um rule that was clearly drafted up completely by her and fudge just like signed off on or whatever because it's all it's it's just 
You, you know, like when you know when when you were a kid or whatever, and like people would play those games. Where it's like, okay, well, I have a I have a sword that can cut through any shield. And it's like, well, I have a shield that is made out of a metal so strong <laughs> it can block swords that can cut through any. Sh- like they're just playing that game, like her and Dumbledore or whatever. Like, like she's just written this rule. It's like I can override Dumbledore. No take backsies. Uh, any student, uh, uh, any student decision, I can also overrule. Like it's, it's very, it's like not written like an actual law or anything. It's just to get it, Harry, basically. Yeah, and it's, it's like so specific in a really funny way that it's like I can, I can overrule about who, what students can be in what school clubs at any time. Yeah, it's 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 the level of villainy I do like a lot more from Umbridge. Um, I I I'm curious where the book voice is gonna land on this stuff because frankly, if they're trying to tell me that like the Weasleys and Harry like should have kept their cool or whatever around Malfoy. I'm not really buying that. Like I, I earnestly feel that Malfoy kind of got what was coming to him in this chapter. Like maybe that's just like a catharsis thing. It's not really worth it, but like he was being pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah, he wrote a He wrote a chant that he got an entire schoolhouse to sing to bully one person where were the teachers <laughs> right like it's weird it's very weird what is allowed at hogwarts in terms of like bullying like, yeah i guess on the other hand like we i we haven't really come up with a good solution for bullying in in our in our real life that's, so yeah, that's fair that's fair but i feel like i feel like probably uh, uh disseminating materials making fun of one specific student mercilessly would probably still get you in trouble like what's dumbledore doing is he too busy He's where the is he was he at the quidditch game yeah like what is like, what is what is what's his job like like can you not send someone to dumbledore for like like targeted harassment of a student <laughs> like I just I it, it it's very I, and this is probably more a criticism of Fantastic Beasts than it is of this book. You know, obviously we haven't gotten through this book. I don't know where it's like political message ultimately lands, but I'm getting a little wor- worried here because it's like it sure is giving me shadows of the like the crimes of Grindelwald thing of like you should just let the horrible people say and do whatever they want because as soon as you react you're gonna make it worse uh thing right like like you should just take it with a with a smile and a and a and and whatever because you're you're better than you're bigger than them or whatever i'm like malfoy was like fucking going way over the line here yeah, I mean, like, in as far as like the 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 wizarding world equivalent, he, I mean, this is like, uh, as far as like Harry's mom, this is like a uh, a bigoted atta- like attack, right? Yeah. Like, the, it's like a fucking nightmare. Um, my I, I enjoyed in this chapter, um, a little bit of a callback, at least for us, because I know we laughed about um when McGonagall found uh, Harry Ron, uh 
I guess it was Terry and Ron out of bed. And she said, this is the worst thing I've ever seen oh. in my, in my life. Yeah. Uh, we have a moment where after this brawl, Madam Hooch says, I've never seen behavior like this. <laughs> um, she referees um, for teenagers. <laughs> right. In a physical sport where you take like a, a baseball bat and hit like angry balls at each other. <laughs> yeah, is she really is she really trying to tell me that she has never seen a physical is, fight between teenagers break out on this field? Is, I what's, what <laughs> is why are bludgers okay, but socking someone doing doing uh, race hate on your dead mom not cool? It's it's so funny. I've never seen anything never like seen this before. Like this has got to happen like every other game, right? It's a right. bunch of teenagers. Yeah, really. Uh, also, wasn't she like a World War One bomber? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but she couldn't like see the people very oh, close because she's like flying really high. <laughs> so they're just like little ants down there. <laughs> I've I've never seen behavior like this. I mean, you know, maybe if I had like had a telescope or something, but 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 <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. I also like McGonagall calling it Muggle dueling is that was that was my next thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Do wizards not hit each other? Do wizards not fight? Is that what I it, guess is... this this could be an in, like a a pretty good detail about what wizard like wizards being bigoted towards Muggles, right? Like this might be an unconscious like yeah mcgonagall prejudice yeah right? like it's like oh but muggles are just brawling in the street right they're they're animals they're you know not as civilized as us wizards um that shoot guns fell at each other right yeah i i i i, <laughs> I don't know if it's intentional like that or not but I, I if it was like that if it if it was leaning into that sort of thing i, I kind of like that detail but like also just like the idea of calling punching muggle dueling is very funny to me because as far as i can remember haven't characters a gotten into fistfights before and b talked about wanting to fistfight people before yeah or at least like are are held back from punching someone or at least it like gestures in that direction it, yeah hermione punches malfoy I think that's a movie special i think that she open hand slaps oh, open him hand in the sla book is is an open hand slap is that what's that called? Is that uh, a muggle? woman's punch. <laughs> a, a, a muggle woman's punch. We should yeah. we should uh, uh, outline what all the various forms of uh, physical combat are to wizards. Like, what's, right. what's a kick? What counts as a what? What is a kick called? That's a, that's ah, that's the muggles expelliarmus or something. <laughs> I'm really upset there are no like um wizards that are like specked into rogues in Harry Potter. Like there's no like wiz like like fire in one hand, dagger in the other. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, I, I I just I don't know. That's a, that's a funny line, I guess, but it, it it raises many questions that this book can't answer about like the nature of this world. Um and it does make McGonagall seem a little bigoted i would say um which would be great if this was a story about the prejudices between muggles and wizards but that doesn't really seem to be it about sometimes that. is sometimes it's about that it's about that whenever arthur weasley's on screen which makes me wish that we got more of him 
Because, like, Arthur's fascination with muggle stuff is, like, one of my favorite, like, cute things in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I-, I love him as, like, the mirror to, like, characters like Harry and Hermione, who are, like, the, you know, the the audience insert of people who, you know, aren't really aware of magic custom. And we have, like, uh, Arthur Weasley, who is not aware at all of, of muggle custom stuff. Like, I, I, he he's a character who I feel should have been in this more just because he provides or he, he you know he could provide such a great window into a lot of um you know what the, what the world is like for for wizards and stuff and then, you know yeah what, how i wish work. that i think a good way of, of putting that into the story is if um like muggle studies was a required class at hogwarts like i think that could be an interesting thing to see yeah that would be really fun if we just like dipped into muggle studies and got like their their like 75 percent correct take on muggle culture every now and then like for uh-huh. one that would just be really funny uh but two it could it could provide some kind of like much needed texture to the political stuff that the story is desperately trying to get into i have one more nitpick for this chapter go for it and maybe this maybe this is petty um right at the end when ron and harry are talking um ron says that this is the worst he's felt in his life to which harry says join the club does harry know that this isn't the worst he's felt in his life (laughs) um yeah i think he's been kind of having a rough time of it lately i um he's had it he's been tortured in detention this year um he watched someone die in front of him like you know five months ago right uh he in this very common room uh uh had to uh tell ron and hermione that he wanted to kill sirius black because he thought he murdered his parents yeah harry has gone through it i don't think losing out on playing quidditch is the is also kind of a weird backhanded thing to say to ron like like ron saying like have you ever like like gone to someone or you know you, you know you're feeling bad and you and you, you know you want to you, you want someone to talk to and you're like oh like I've, i'm having a, a real bad day like oh, i want to talk about it or whatever and they're just like yeah me too like okay good thanks good <laughs> thank thanks, you thanks harry thanks, thanks uh i i guess it's like kind of like teenagery you know like whatever bad thing is happening to you at that worst. moment is the worst thing that's yeah. ever happened to you and this is the worst you're ever gonna feel forever yeah. so i guess that there's that it's just like funny from a reader perspective where you're just like really going through it with him and this whole book has been just a fucking slog of him being miserable and like kind of um a little bit kind of touching on or trying to reckon with his trauma mm-hmm. to have him be like my lifetime banned from quidditch <laughs> fuck also why is he worried he knows that he knows that no one stays defense against the dark arts teacher for more than a year he's he's good <laughs> also this this ending to this chapter just about just about killed me just like this the, again again like oh we're so angry and hermione's like but look out the window it's hagrid <laughs> it's it's okay this is funny there's like this is like a this was like a triple critical for me one <laughs> it's it's a um it's a tv episode cliffhanger ending which i love when the harry potter chapters do that uh-huh. two uh it was uh hermione being the um the the girl swooping in to save the moody boys day thing mm-hmm. which happens all the damn time but also number three 
before she says what's happening, it is the third time in, in these chapters where someone has gone to the window to look out at the rain uh, uh, mm. mournfully or whatever, to, to have a think, like to just gaze across the, the grounds, like through the window. It's, a, it's an image that JK really likes in this book. I like it too. And, and it really, um, I, I know that we, we joke about it all the time and how everyone on the subreddit is always like, we want a Harry Potter television show so that every single detail can be left in over the course of, you know, <laughs> seven seasons or whatever. And I, I'm agreeing only because I want to see these scenes of someone looking mournfully out the window and I want to know what song they would choose. Oh, what song would they choose for Hagrid being back? Ah. Uh... I, I I can only I, it, this scene real like this how this all played out really reminded me a lot of Santa arriving in Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. So I'm just here. <laughs> so I'm just hearing that song from from the uh, the movie that came out. Oh yeah um, yeah 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 yeah. The, so the... so that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> just, I'm just imagining just some fucking jaunty. Uh, Oh, couldn't Wonderwall is a little too serious. I'm just trying to think about lyrics. Songs that have lyrics about someone coming back. And I'm like, like Wonderwall or or there's, there's 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 so many options here. God, we 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 should go through <laughs> all these moments and like pick what's what's our what's our licensed song closer for all these episodes if this was Yeah, a that'd show. be wonderful. I that'd would love really, that. Let's do it. That'd be a really fun segment. <laughs> so Hagrid's back. That's I, yeah. I, like I said, it's it's a cute moment, but just like it's a real trifecta of just like this is all stuff that I have feelings about in these in in this book, and like you know Hermione being there to 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 save the day for the Grumpy Boys is definitely up there. I don't hate this. I feel like I've been really down on this chapter, which like I, I'm really not. I think that the plot's moving in like a pretty good direction at the moment, and it's like it's it's fun. And I really like the Umbridge stuff. I, I like her as the much more cartoony bureaucrat than I do as like the outright evil uh, torturer. Um, but there's some weird stuff going on in the margins here that was just like too too strange, like not to to poke at. I guess. Yeah, that was about what I felt about it. I think that the the overall kind of like emotional core of this chapter was pretty good. I, I really connected kind of with the emotionality of Ron. Uh, which it's kind of nice to see him again, um, not just on some sort of weird pro-slavery um, <laughs> right. diatribe of, of some kind. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed having him experiencing like this this conflict, and I I definitely like feel like this is a a relatable moment for him. Like I, I'm definitely of this kind of kind of bent where it's just like, oh I, I can I can relate to being like flustered and and feeling like, oh, if eyes are on me, I, I like can't do it or like I'm overthinking it or all of that. So I, I enjoyed him kind of being a little bit reminiscent of a character that I used to really like. Um yeah. So that was really nice. Um, the Quidditch stuff dragged on a little bit too long. I felt like Draco's song was a little goofy, but overall, um, it was it was just kind of kind of a fun one. It's, it's in the pantheon of Quidditch chapters we've had to read. This is not the worst one. No, they retain. They continue to not be about Quidditch. Yeah. Which is nice, right? Yeah. It's, it's about it's about the characters. It isn't yeah. really about like, okay, here's the here's the cool magic game and we're gonna we're gonna yeah. spotlight it 
as its own thing. And also we are out of, I mean, Harry's still like a legendary Quidditch star and stuff, but I'm, I was still kind of like, I'm, uh, it is still funny to me thinking back on Chamber of Secrets and how he had an entire arc related to Quidditch and it was centered around him uh, getting a cool broom or, or Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, I mean. Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, he got a cool broom and and that's sort of been the end of his Quidditch arc, really. Yeah, um, he, he's just like now he now he has moved into a just like seasoned member of the team that is pretty good at the game. Yeah, and I'm I think okay br- being in that spot. And I think him. I think it, it's wise bringing Ron into the into the Quidditch story from that perspective because otherwise you would have no reason to keep Quidditch around, right? Mm-hmm. Like like it serves no purpose for the character. It doesn't really flesh that much out about the world at this point. Like it would just be a background thing unless we had you know, Harry grappling with his best friend trying and failing to be like, you know, good as good as him at this game that they both like. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a good, it's, it's, it's a shot in the arm for Quidditch, like as a, as a vehicle, I think. So, and from that perspective, I think it is, it is a pretty good chapter. Um, real quick before we close out, I would just like to say, uh, I like Luna's hat. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like an image that I have um, from the movie, but it is it is very cute. Um, I'm glad that she didn't um, uh, manage to finish it with the um, the snake getting chewed up in the mouth, but um, it's it's (laughs) pretty cute. It's good. Uh, um, Yeah, I yeah, I I don't really have anything to say about it. I was just like, that's that's a cute Luna detail that I like uh that is a lot less uh info wars and more just her being kind of weird right like just... yeah do you do you think she started her um huge mural of uh the same on her ceiling where she's like best friends best friends best friends oh, or whatever Christ. it says oh i'd forgotten oh, <laughs> i've forgotten my, all my about new that. best friends oh it's so scary oh it's so crazy well i think i need to ruminate on that uh mm-hmm. over a little break what do you, what do sure. you say sure sure sounds good to me Welcome back, everybody. I don't know why I okay. I'm nipping that in did, the bud. Did we go see Cursed Child? Is that our is that our Cursed Child well, musical? No, because Cursed Child is not a musical. I wish it was. It really should be. I'm the child of Voldemort. I live in a nest on top of a fort. I learned that um, there's a really like thriving um, Broadway bootleg community, and I just want to say like, don't don't send don't send us that ah, don't please don't uh, uh just a reminder that it's an illegal um and i'm very sad that i'll never be able to see the show because it's too expensive so if you happen to have a copy on your pc of the cursed child bootleg do not send do not. it in to what's our email address uh sh- yeah don't send it to shriekcast at, at gmail.com or send it to our uh our twitter dms which are open as far as i know yeah 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 does it don't do that just psa don't do not do that yeah um i know that this 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 has been uh a a contentious topic uh online Mm. um for a while i know we even talked about it in our in our uh, bonus episode this week 
Um, but it's unavoidable and it's been, uh, uh, kind of scooping up the Harry Potter discourse as well. Of, uh, you know, of course, as, as is want to do game of Thrones ended this, this, uh, this past week, the television sensation, the television sensation, the game of Thrones is over and everyone is rushing to have a take on it. Uh, that's wonderful. And yeah, we love takes here, but there is one brave website one of our favorite websites not our favorite website but one of our favorite websites has has taken things to the logical conclusion um and i present to you maybe the um the nadir of uh of of internet articles great 17 game of thrones and harry potter similarities that are so uncanny they will have you questioning everything from bustle.com questioning everything questioning everything just everything just 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 everything huh just everything harry potter and game of thrones are some of the most standable universes of all time yeah breathe in in through the nose that's true that's true out through the mouth i stan the harry potter universe <laughs> that's right we that's we we that's stand like the queen. whole universe. Yeah, we, we stand that. Garnering the kind of fandom that leads to a lot of cosplay, endless conventions. Are there Game of Thrones conventions? I assume that that's all done at like Comic Con, right? Yeah, like there must be like Game of Thrones panels and stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there are some like very charming uh, conventions that have been running since. Um, uh, the Game of Thrones books, you know, have been very popular before the show. Like, I think that would be really cute. Like, I, there are certainly, yeah. like, fantasy book conventions and sure. all of that. So I wonder if there's something like that that runs. I'm just thinking, like, a Game of Thrones convention just is a Ren fair, right? Like, uh, endless conventions and a meal ticket for life for any main characters. That's a weird angle, so, but Okay. <laughs> They're going to make a lot of money. I mean, sure, I guess. Uh, Which, to be honest, is a genuine relief for any people in creative industries. What? What? This is such a bizarre angle. I'm not not very worried about the the Game of Thrones. Are we talking about the actors? Yeah. Or maybe the people working on the show? Like, like, hey. I don't even know if this is true. I'm kind of worried about Tom Felton still to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, seriously. Uh... Uh, oh, you can get a cameo from Jon Snow in a garbage in a garbage dump. Hello, it's me, <laughs> Jon Snow. Uh, but guys, apart from fandom and of course the redonk amount of money the casts of both have made, there are so many similarities between Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Mm. Dare I go as far as to say that like Game of Thrones is a bit like Harry Potter after the watershed? Okay, maybe that is a stretch, but guys, there are a serious amount of themes, characters, and facts that the two share. <laughs> God, that's so true. There are so I, many themes, characters, and facts. facts. My three <laughs> favorite things. I'm always saying this. You know, someone's like, hey, do you like Harry Potter? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love the <laughs> themes and the characters. And don't even get me started on the facts. More and more people are saying that Harry Potter <laughs> contains a serious amount of themes, characters, and facts. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that one is a copy of the other. No way in hell. They are both wonderfully lit in their own special way. This article is going to kill me before we even get to number one. 
both wonderfully lit. Game of Thrones is so fucking lit. But Didn't I, you think our reading this week was so lit? It was so lit. It was so lit. Just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, but I guess when you get into magic and mythology, there's always going to be a few crossovers. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Am I right? Uh, to be honest, narrowing it down was actually a little difficult because there are that many common threads. However, after a coffee break, a lot of soul searching, and of course, utilizing years of marathon watching slash reading, I narrowed it down to 17. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Number one, dragons. Oh, yeah. That Damn is in both true. of those. Damn, it's true. Erm, okay. Hello, glaring similarity from ancient myths and mythology. You know who loves dragons? Daenerys. Despite them being scary AF, she has a way with them. Another person who has an affinity <laughs> with dragons despite their fearsome nature? Hagrid. Not to mention that big old scary dragon challenge in the Goblet of Fire and that escape from Gringotts. I don't, I really don't mean to respond to this sincerely, but Hagrid <laughs> is not the character that has an affinity with dragons. It's Charlie Weasley. Hagrid honestly has like the reverse. Like he, he yeah. is not, he is not skilled and he doesn't know about dragon like he, he that's <laughs> okay i'm just imagining hagrid uh uh with the, the that shot the shot that should be taught in any <laughs> film class but it's it's hagrid standing there in a cool sith robe instead um i'm inserting that into our um cw show season finale and it's when hagrid it's like the, like badass right like the final battle or whatever and, ha- and hagrid like crests the hill and a, and norbert is back and 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 they're there to you know to be do some kind of badass something or other I'm just i'm just thinking specifically about the way the shot is framed in game of thrones like hagrid is so big he would basically cover <laughs> up where the wings are behind her so you just see like a little bit of wing behind him oh it'd be so good okay so it's hagrid and he's cresting the hill but then behind him cresting the hill is his brother grop who is <laughs> him but, but just slightly bigger and then behind grop cresting it's the like- hill is a dra- is norbert or what if it's like a western where they're both walking into the distance like <laughs> side by side and then two dragons behind them both spread their wings at the same time so it's grop and hagrid both with wings spread and it's very cool and badass for both of them uh now that now that symbolism that symbolism and should be taught in any film class but we need to move on to number two dark magic uh, and there's a gif of Voldemort smiling. Now, this is where I'm a little bit out of my depth because I um, have read the Game of Thrones books, um, which is what they're called on this podcast. Um, but like, a I, song am of not, Game I am not. I am not caught up through <laughs> through the show, and I, I guess there's like the the red haired lady I'm remembering does magic, but I don't remember yeah. any specific like dark magic. I guess I guess hers right. is like sinister in. Like, what am I, am I forgetting something? I hate hate to big time you here. Okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, Do you not remember her taking her robe off and being fully pregnant and giving birth to a fucking shadow demon? Legitimately, no, not at all. (laughs) That's like the big twist in season two. Okay, I didn't watch season two. I read read the books. I, I will 
will tell you um, that I I'm fully convinced that um, when when you turn, you know, uh, how old am I? When you turn 28, you get like everything that you know in your brain gets like Thanos snapped and you lose just about half of the things. <laughs> and, and then I read Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones books long enough ago that I have no, I have no memory of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's a very uh, graphic scene of of her pushing a pushing a shadow demon out from between her legs and then it goes and kills Renly Baratheon. Mm, so kind it's of like kind of, the cursed child. It's holy shit. It mm, is the cursed. There, there's these, number 18. These 18 themes, can, these themes and facts just keep coming. The themes and facts keep coming. <laughs> number three, av- ability to defy age. Uh, while we are on to, okay. That's, I'm not even going to read just that. Is what does that, that is mean? That a, is that a theme, a fact or a, or a character? I guess um, a, I feel like it's a character, right? Yeah. Like what character is defined? I don't I don't know what this is talking about. Uh Holla at Nicholas Flamel and his philosopher's stone. Oh, Holla. Yeah. Woo, cuz I ain't no <laughs> Holla Nicholas Flamel. Oof. Uh number 4, prophecies. I yeah, you know, I can't think of any other property other than Game of Thrones and Harry Potter that have ever had prophecies. Yeah, just just two of them. Uh, okay, so there are a whole bunch of prophecies in GOT, but one that stands the hell out is the one made about Cersei by an old witch. When Cersei visits the witch Maggie, <laughs> she said that Cersei would have three kids and they would all die. Guess what? They did! Good article writing here. <laughs> Uh, in Harry Potter, my personal favorite nervous wreck, Professor Trelawney, made a few prophecies that came true. Like about Harry slash Voldemort having to kill one another so they can live? Yep. Hectic AF. Yeah, that is like the the prophecy that is the whole plot of the series. <laughs> it's hectic AF for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, number five uh, is subterfuge. Yes. There's yes, subterfuge in both of them. Uh, we have a good gif of Littlefinger turning around and, and trying to decide what accent he's going to use in this scene. <laughs> okay, so doing each other over is a bit of a theme in both. Okay, so this one's about a theme. Uh, is, a, is a bit of a theme in both shows. In Game of Thrones, it is in fact the entire purpose of the show. And in Harry Potter, people are consistently trying to tip the balance of power into the Dark Lord's favor. Yeah, because these are these are books and sh- books about politics, you see. <laughs> number six a weirdly alien enemy who has it out for the young guy (laughs) i hate it when that happens the night king seriously wants to get his icy mitts on young bran voldemort wants to totally kill poor little harry uh even from when he is a tiny sprog Uh, what uh i i believe that is a an endearing uh english term for a small child I see. I see. Uh, is that what the Night King was after, Bran? Uh, we don't know. They, it, we don't really know. It would be good if we. It would be great if we did. Be really good if that, we had. I thought that the, I thought that the ice ice people were just trying to make the whole world ice forever. Yeah, um, because it was be, like climate change, right? Right. Well, yeah, it would be cool if they were like a metaphor for something or about anything. But uh, if they had a theme of some, yeah, if some, there was or maybe, a theme maybe there, some but, uh, themes or symbols, <laughs> a theme or a symbol. Yeah, please. 
Um, but no, uh, he just sort of looked at Bran and then he got stabbed. So that was cool. Cool. Uh, number seven is Battles. <sighs> Where is Lord of the Rings on this list? Why? Because why? I think that is also probably fits every single one of these. Probably. Yeah. Um, especially the next one, which I won't spoil just yet. Uh, Game of Thrones has battles every season that honestly have gone from bad to worse on the anxiety causing scale. From from the Red Wedding, not a battle. I would just like nope, to be clear, not a battle. Uh, to the Battle of Winterfell, to the battle about to kick off, it is basically the least peaceful place to live ever. Uh, just like f- Earth. <laughs> Damn, it's true. That's a theme right there. Mm. Uh, or maybe a fact. Even that might be a fact. I think that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, in the final, in the in the final, they didn't spell finale right. In the final of Harry Potter. Uh, there is a huge battle between good and evil in Hogwarts. Luckily, good wins. Uh, that is lucky. That is, uh, yeah, that is that is lucky for sure. Uh, number eight is castles, also in Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think that the battle at Hogwarts is one of the worst fictional battles. It sucks. I, it's I can't so really bad. say anything about the Game of Thrones battles because um, I don't really know very much. Yeah. Uh, but, but the Battle of Hogwarts, I don't think should have happened. Yeah, no. It was a good battle in season five. Uh, I could kind of take or leave all the others. Uh, uh, too many castles to mention in the Seven Kingdoms, but let's just say King's Landing as an example. And where does Harry go to school? Why, the big old glorious castle that is Hogwarts. Is this satire? Damn. No. <laughs> this is bustle. Really? Yeah. Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> no, this is bustle.com. I didn't okay. make this up. Okay. Uh, number nine is giants. Giants in Game of Thrones live largely beyond the wall and are viewed as mysterious and dangerous. Tormund Giantsbane drank the milk of a female giant for a hot minute, which is how he got his dank strength. Nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> giants are also seen as wild and mysterious in Harry Potter, with Hagrid being half giant and his bro showing that they have good hearts but are um a little unruly. Mm, I'm just picturing um our, uh, you know, our beautiful shot of of Hagrid cresting the hill <laughs> once again. I, I'm really yeah, just I'm like encha- I'm just enchanted by that imagery. Uh, I, I, you know, they're walking off into the distance after being unruly. That's why they have the cool wings. Oh, that's so badass. That's a theme. That's that's themes and facts right there. Mm-hmm. And characters. That's all three. Those are characters. There's themes and that's a fact. I, I, I can't believe this article started by saying I'm not saying they're like a copy of each other. <laughs> as if that is not extremely apparent. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10 is cast. Uh, this is where all the ubiquitous British actors come in. Crossovers include Talia Tina as Nymphadora Tonks and Harry Potter and Osha on Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know why they changed her name to Osha. It's Asha in the in the in the books, and then they changed it to Osha, which just makes me think of like Osha violations in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, Jim Broadbent as Professor Slughorn, and you also said Slughorn, uh, in Harry Potter, and Archmeister Ebros in Game of Thrones, and David Bradley as Argus Filch, and as Walder Frey in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thanks. That's a, I guess those are some facts. Um, number 11 is Magically Slong. <laughs> nearly said Magically Slong. <laughs> magically Strong Swords. Um, disagree. 
yeah, Godric Gryffindor's sword isn't magically strong. Is it's just it? a sword, isn't it? It's just a good sword. I think it's just a sword. Uh, Valyrian steel is kills zombies or whatever. Maybe uh, Gryffindor's it's ma- sword. Maybe it's made of like goblin cast steel or something weird oh, like that. Oh, it is made of goblin. No, you're right. It is goblin steel. So okay, so maybe that is the. Maybe I'll give him that one. That is a fact. Uh, uh, I don't know if it can kill zombies. I don't know if it can kill climate change, though. So, jury's out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Number 12, ability to look back in time. Uh, no. Maybe. I mean, we all, we all have the ability to look back in time is the thing. D- oh, damn. <laughs> damn. That's true. Is it the pensive? Is that what they mean? Yeah, they mean the pensive. Okay. Uh, there's also a gif of Harry. I guess this is from the sixth movie of Harry, like being sucked into a toilet, and I hate it. Number thirteen, evil blondes. Oh, the Malfoys. I could, I couldn't come up with like Voldemort doesn't have any hair. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm gonna give them this one. I feel like, I feel like at least if you want to like point out some sort of cute connection, Lannisters and Malfoys might be sort of there. You know? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yes. Sure. This one gives gets a gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah. Uh, Tyrion is the least bad. I mean, yes, he is all cute and nice now, but he has a murky AF past. Mm, what does that have to do with Harry Potter? <laughs> the, it just says uh, other fans of home bleach kits are the Malfoys who have that dark old history and allegiance to the Dark Lord. Oh, I see. Number 14, Orphans. That thing that's only in Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. Uh, Yeah, original content, do not steal. No orphans in stories. I'm kind of breezing through that one because it's obvious because we need to get to number 15. We need to talk about this one. Number 15, Incest to Preserve Bloodlines. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder where the inspiration for this could have come from. I so just like can't, I, I just can't put yeah. my finger on it. <laughs> it did de- definitely never happened with real royal families or anything. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, like I said about the awkward auntie thing, it is definitely not an isolated case. George R. R. Martin includes in a lot, a lot in the books, and it features heavily in the TV series too. Cersei and Jamie being perhaps the best known ongoing pairing in Harry Potter. A lot of the bad guys are obsessed with pure blood witches and wizards. Any Muggle-born types are known as mudbloods, which is effed up. Anyhow, this is left to a lot of inbreeding in the families. Like I said, effed up. That is effed up. I it agree. has a link has a link to http slash slash Harry Potter dot fan.com slash wiki slash inbreeding, which is not which is not actually a link I knew existed. I like I know that it was one of those like heavily implied things or whatever with all the family tree stuff and the pureblood nonsense yeah, it's like it's it's almost like it's gesturing at something in real life but again i just can't quite put my <laughs> finger on what that could be uh, dynasties no those, those never existed <laughs> um i'm so glad that there's a page called inbreeding on the harry potter wiki that's great we're gonna have to check into that fan later. wikis are heroes honestly <laughs> <laughs> number 16 f- number 15 family drama (laughs) 
This statement puts it mildly. Whatever happened to peace, love, and harmony, y'all? In Game of Thrones, it is family <laughs> against each other in the bid for power. Too many examples to name. But remember, when Jamie Lannister <laughs> killed his own cousin because his sister slash lover told him to in Harry Potter, people also seem to be falling out with their families. How about the Dursleys being complete meanies to poor baby Harry? That was really good, and I didn't I didn't really <laughs> absorb a word of it. Don't worry, all that matters is that both stories, in fact, include drama. Uh yeah, this is this is characters, um, because this like subcategory character drama. <laughs> Which brings us to number 17. Both began as hit books. Yep. The Game of Thrones is- books that everyone knows and loves. <laughs> favorite reveal though because this this is like this entire article has been from the perspective as only saw the movies and only watched the tv show and like this is a cool fun fact that did you know these are based on books potentially the most obvious and straightforward of all the commonalities both started as hit books and both have diehard fans screaming read the books before you watch it uh above all one thing the shows share wait okay okay i'm just reading this as is this is how it's written okay above all one thing the shows share is devastation among fans when they end not sure (laughs) how about you but i still can't accept harry potter being over and it will be damn hard to let game of thrones go to Harry Potter's not really over is the thing. It's really not. And also neither is Game of Thrones because they have three prequel series in the works. So you're kidding me. No, I am not. There are three in at least three like in pre-production at HBO. Three? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. There's like one set during the Age of Heroes or whatever. So we're going to like no, see snooze. the Builder or whatever the fuck. Yeah, snooze. No, thank you. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Um, the yeah, there's at least three of them. I'm just still waiting on that. Hey, they're Delilah TV show, and they're just like, here's three Game of Thrones shows. No thanks. When do we get the, the Hey There Delilah show? <laughs> I'm I have a Google alert for that alongside Harry Potter. I can't <laughs> wait because I'm we're we're gonna have to drop everything if if we're in the middle of Legacies or something when that starts. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're we gotta put that on pause. We've got to find out about Hey There, Delilah. It'd be the, the number one Hey There, Delilah uh, podcast. Um, and then I will be writing, making my debut on Bustle with the um, the similarities AF between uh, Harry Potter and Hey There, Delilah, the TV show. Hell fucking yes. All right. Before we wrap up, I would just like to read one more short, much less cursed thing. Okay. Um. We have been uh, uh, enamored recently with MuggleNet, the other Harry Potter fan site, uh, to the, the Leaky Cauldron, which is the one that we've sort of relied on as a resource until now. Um, they broke the news about the, uh, uh, the Wizarding World Gold membership stuff. Um, they've provided a lot of entertainment for us with their early 2000s blogs, such as the similarities <laughs> between Osama Bin Laden and Voldemort. Um but I would like to just skim this article here 
because mm. I'm sent I'm sensing I'm sensing the seeds mm. of rebellion at MuggleNet. Great. And I would just like to offer MuggleNet.com uh our solidarity. This is called It's the Wrong Time to Further Monetize the Harry Potter brand. Hmm. Earlier today, MuggleNet exclusively reported that Wizarding World Digital, the newly formed merger between Pottermore and Warner Bros., will offer Wizarding World Gold, a premium tier membership package for Harry Potter fans. Joining Wizarding World Gold will give fans, among other things, chances to participate in contests, exclusive entry to gatherings in the Wizarding World theme parks, and priority access to tickets for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It is the opinion of this journalist that the move (laughs) on Warner Bros. part to form Wizarding World Gold is a grave mistake. Fuck yes. MuggleNet, listen to the Shrieking Shack. MuggleNet, if you're listening, Shrieking Shack is here for you. <laughs> Warner Bros. has some chutzpah. It already mm. more or less runs the world for Harry Potter fans, controlling all the rights, operating a theme park, stage plays, both the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts franchises, and meanwhile is setting its crosshairs on what small fan form community gatherings it can find. But that is not enough. Now Warner Bros. is going to incentivize Harry Potter fans paying them, I presume monthly, fees to be considered gold members. And it comes with a special gold button that they can wear. Give me a break. Yes. MuggleNet. Get their ass. This news comes two weeks after it was confirmed that Fantastic Beasts 3 will be released a full year after it was originally scheduled, ostensibly to allow the filmmakers as much time as possible, with J.K. Rowling reportedly reworking the script. Let's be honest, the second film was barely coherent. It was far less than what the ever-devoted Harry Potter fans have come to expect and deserve from Warner Brothers or Rowling. Here we go. This journalist also finds the story for the cursed style child stage play to be a meandering mess, a who's who of characters that plays to the lowest common denominator of audiences. <laughs> Sorry to the millions of people who paid $400 <laughs> to see it these last five years, myself included. If you couple the lackluster second entry in Fantastic Beasts with the disappointingly written cursed child that, to be fair, is only written partially by J.K. Rowling, the result is millions upon millions of dollars being made off of Harry Potter fans already every month. At least the theme parks are excellent fun at roughly $100 per day for a ticket. Every time I visit a bookstore, I find another shelf overflowing with Harry Potter merchandise. The U.S. Potter books themselves keep getting released with new covers. Funko Pops, vinyl figures, board games, and more bust out from all the shelves. (laughs) They're busting out. These Funko Pops are busting. Uh, saturation for Harry Potter merchandise has reached an all-time high. And as I mentioned, quality for the largest properties is at an all-time low. Damn. Now Warner Bros. is taking Pottermore, which began as an earnest, delightful, and free companion to the Harry Potter books before it was gutted and replaced by the official movie photo-ridden, listicle-laden, soulless entry it is currently and moving the content to a site where fans are going to be charged for access to the Potter eBooks and to get decent seats at the overpriced underplanned stage show. Count me out. Good. Fucking roasted. Wow. I love it. I, uh, like I said, MuggleNet. Uh, Hey, if you listen to the Shrieking Shack, Let's 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 get you on here and uh, we'll introduce you to another book series you can read by a, a, little, a little fellow named Carl uh, that might get you get get more some more wheels turning in that in that in that noggin, you know? 
I legitimately didn't know where you were going with that. And I was like, are you going to recommend Game of Thrones? <laughs> Muggle Matt, have you checked out Game of Thrones? It's a song of Game of Thrones. Uh, it's by George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> it's way better. No, it's not. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm. this is exciting. If, if, the, if Muggle Matt is pushing back and i mean like who knows like 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 this could barely register but like MuggleNet was sort of like in the early goings of like the harry potter fandom and like the movies coming out and stuff it was kind of like the resource i guess for a lot of people um and it's interesting i don't know we're getting we're, we're getting some interesting pushback in the harry potter communities it's kind of similar to some of the stuff you see around like games and whatnot with with microtransaction discourse and, and whatnot and i'm kind of excited to like yeah see a, a, see a completely devoted fandom like kind of push back and, and say no this sucks that's cool yeah it seems like there are dots being connected where there weren't yeah before like i, I think it's interesting to see people talking about um like this push by Warner Brothers combined with uh, Grindelwald kind of fl- falling flat and Cursed Child being because like Cursed Child went over very poorly, but it was like so like I mean the the fandom uh, not to insult them too much, but have been kind of uh, a little bit uh, their sycophants to J.K. Rowling to some extent, right. um, and it was like oh, but that's just like that was just a blip she didn't really write it like you know but it's great in person all of this stuff so it's interesting to see like with this announcement kind of reaching back and and connecting these dots of like what what has happened because this is now it's harder and harder to write off these individual things as like oops oops that was just a bad one um because yeah. because like i think that like a lot of fans don't like the order of the phoenix movie for example but like mm-hmm. like a lot of the other ones so it's like easy to be like oh maybe maybe crimes of grindelwald was bad like the order of the phoenix movie was bad like this is just like not a very good one for whatever reason but but i'm glad to see people kind of kind of actually having like a discussion about it and engaging with with what what is going on and realizing that they are being advertised to yes and it's and like it's it's always sort of like I, I i maybe came off as maybe a little too mocking there reading that like like it is always i, I mean I, just 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 to make this like not not seem like we're dunking because i i am genuinely like stoked to see this on like you know the harry potter fan site what was like the first franchise or whatever you know thing you were into where something like this happened where you were like wait a minute this isn't this isn't on the level like mm, i'm not sure i don't know that's a tough one um, yeah yeah i can't i'm trying to think of like what mine would be oh <laughs> okay actually i have a good one i know exactly what it was for me it mm. was when i was a kid and was really into bionicle uh what happened to bionicle and, well what happened to bionicle was uh they started like like they the thing that was cool about bionicles that they were all like action figures that had like unique pieces and masks and stuff and they did different stuff right mm-hmm. uh then there was the 
Bulrock and the I think I'm getting these names right. The Bulrock and the Rakshi, which were like the kind of follow up ones, um, and <laughs> they were all exactly the same model with different colors, uh. rather than being like like uh, um, you know significantly different in like you know shape and size and like action stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was just like here's the blue Rakshi, here's the here's the red Rakshi, and like maybe there's there's one piece that's different, like the spine is different or whatever. Right. Um, and also the plastic they started making them out of was like really soft and shitty. <laughs> and like like i i noticed that like the edges of like their faces started like peeling in a weird way the way that like cheap like soft plastic does yeah and that you know here's me at like 13 14 years old being like hey wait a minute like like this is nowhere near as good as this thing used to be and i think the last straw was uh uh the the like second wave of the rakshi ones or whatever where it's just like here it is again new colors and i'm like these are the same the plastic sucks i hate these i'm done like just Some just done freaking recolors yeah ugh, hate recolors um but yeah i was that was that was me as a kid being like way into bionicle and then going like wait a minute this is i'm being i'm they think i'm a fool <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to buy six of these, right? Like, right? Like, like the, um, so that's, that's my embarrassing, uh, uh, no, that's not embarrassing. To... Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. And I think that, um, we could all benefit from doing some reading from our buddy Carl. Uh, and after that, you can read the great book by George R. R. Martin, uh, <laughs> called the game of thrones. Called the, a song of game of thrones. Exactly. Uh, uh yeah. Well, yeah, I, uh, I I salute I salute MuggleNet, and I'm and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where all this like rumbling goes with the uh, Harry Potter fandom because because it seems like they're just kind of not very happy right i'm now. so excited for the announcement of what this subscription really is i right? i, I oh, want to see their pitch yeah what the hell could it possibly offer that makes it worth it i feel like we're getting that soon if like the, if if the thing that leaked was like a marketing kit that like had the pin and stuff in it so like it's ready to go so i want to know it's got to be soon, and I, and I'm very excited to see what the hell that could be. <laughs> when is um when is the mobile game coming out? It is already out, I believe, in like New Zealand and Australia, right? And England, but not here yet. Or it might just be in like open beta there or something. But it's it's like it's also looming. Like it's it's. I would imagine that they probably want to get it out for summer here, like June. Yeah, I would guess that makes sense. School kids and stuff um so that'll be a fun you know we'll be able to do some some shriek cast in the sun uh, Yay. uh trying out the, the emerge, game emerge from my cave to um <laughs> to do some wizard cop stuff uh i i do have a like mobile microphone set that we could probably put on like a selfie stick or something with the game on it and, hmm. and do some weird video content maybe but uh, who knows we'll see that game is on the horizon it doesn't seem great uh and and the fans don't seem to be super thrilled with harry potter right now so i find yeah. that pretty exciting yeah 
think it's probably time for us to wrap this up. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can find them on Bandcamp. Huge thanks, as always, to them for letting us use that as our theme tune. You can check us out on patreon.com slash streetcast. We have so much bonus content for you there. Uh, we just recorded two hours of reading uh, uh, Tumblr asks about Harry Potter, some get to know you stuff, <laughs> um, and and watched The Order of Great Television Show. Um, and there's, of course, plenty of back catalog stuff for you to check out there. Uh, you can also, you know, I haven't said this one in a while, um, but you can, if you like, and we would appreciate it, review us on iTunes. Uh, we've got some lovely new reviews on there. Uh, so shout out to people who are giving us some nice uh, shout outs there. And Liz, what are we reading next week? Yeah, so we're going to be reading chapter 20, and it's called Hagrid's Tale, (laughs) T-A-L-E. What if it was the other one, though? I know. I feel like me just saying that is just, like, tantalizing, you know? I met a a feller down at the pub who wore what he called a fursuit. (laughs) And I said, oh, that looks mighty fine to me. Good for him. I, I I need to make me a fursona. That'd be great. That'd be such a nice end cap. Would Hagrid just have a dragon's persona? Do you think? Oh, that'd be so good. He would, right? So good. Yeah, that'd be like a legit. Oh, like he can't. That's the thing. Like he can't. uh, You know, he's not good with dragons, but he can. He can be one. You know. That's great. I think. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Well, before we go, we have one last order of business, and it's finding out how Umbridge dies this week. Oh yeah. Uh, number seven, or excuse me, number 12. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Number 12. Beat her over the head with defensive magical theory again and again and again. Oh, the book. That's very grisly. That's very grisly. That's that's like, that's pretty gross. Uh, this is, yeah, our, this is our... kind of like a, like a Tarantino like reboot of Harry <laughs> Potter, which is maybe the <laughs> worst thing I can possibly imagine. Oh, shit. Damn. Uh, and our, our good friend flute piano says genius short and sweet i love it short and sweet i love it well you know we might have we gave you some recommendations this week so if you're sitting there thinking like oh i'm unhappy with harry potter too i don't want to read harry potter this week hey <laughs> uh george george rr R. martin has a, has a, has a book for you called a, a, a game <laughs> a game <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh God. Okay. Or, or 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 Capital. You know, like that's that's another good one to read. Uh, but yeah, please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a eye, cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.